0: Hello there, and welcome to the ninth episode of Tatooine Flip, the podcast. I'm Jimmy, and this week I'll be talking about board game news, games I've played recently, and anything else that strikes my fancy. Hey guys, it is New Year's Day 2018! I can't believe the year I've had as I've dived headfirst whole hog into this fantastic hobby and have found some ridiculously cool new friends from all over the world, some awesome and let's face it not so awesome games, and discovered a hobby I'd only been slightly privy to before. I still feel like I am just scratching the surface. I started 2017 wanting to do something creative, to try to give back to the hobby that's brought me so much joy. So just about this time last year, I began writing about games and later bought myself a website and shifted everything there. Intended as an umbrella for various endeavors, Board Gamer Blues became official, yet I still only concentrated on written reviews. Mostly I focused on stuff I already owned, but soon found myself receiving review copies from various companies, which enabled me to stretch out my gaming comfort zone quite a bit. As my writing strengthened, so did my resolve to do more, to branch out. Having produced a cable access review show back in the early 90s, I soon realized where my path ran. This passion led me to start producing a review show at YouTube. I wasn't really looking for it. Suddenly, I gained a slight bit of notoriety and quote-unquote fame, and then found myself involved in a hobby, one that is warm and inviting and simply wonderful, far more deeply than I could have ever dreamed just a short time ago. But I still wanted more, and I wanted to do more. This led to the creation of this podcast you're listening to now. Sure, it's not unique in nature, and maybe even content. <laughs> But I have fun, and at least some folks seem to dig it, and this has given me other ideas on how to branch out even further, and even inspired me to do another podcast that, while not related to gaming, will surely find some listeners. This new venture is planned to start later this month, if all goes well, and if I can get it going, I'll keep you guys updated, and if you'd like to, you can check it out. Another great side effect, if you will, is the seemingly bottomless pool of board game information that I feel like I'm able to tap into at any time. Many of you are knowledgeable beyond belief, and I am often humbled at the breadth of information some of you are carrying around in your coconuts. Thank you with all of my heart to all of my viewers, all of my listeners, and all of the companies that have helped support and nurture all of my endeavors during this last year. You all mean the world to me, and I wouldn't be here doing this if it weren't for you. And a special shout-out to my compatriots in content creation. Some of you have been doing this sort of thing for some time and have been nothing short of supportive and caring, and I not only appreciate you all so much, but take inspiration from you almost daily. Thank you. My plans for the coming year include paying more attention to the blog, hopefully getting something up once a week, and delivering new and better content across all aspects of Board Gamer Blues and Tatooine Table Flip as my skills and knowledge increase. Here's to making Board Gamer Blues and Tatooine Table Flip the best it can be during 2018. Oh look, now it's time for news. (laughs) Whoa, a huge announcement from Jamie Stegmaier at Stonemeyer Games this morning. Scythe is getting what he calls a quote-unquote final expansion in the current trilogy called The Rise of Fenris, and it's a campaign. Not only is it a campaign, but it's got unlockable secrets and milestones, not too unlike most of the legacy games that are out now. I love this idea. Here, you guys, let me read you a bit from the press release. Empires have risen and fallen in the aftermath of the Great War, and Europa stands on the precipice of a new era. The economy is robust, morale is high, and defenses are strong. There are reports from the countryside of strange soldiers with glowing eyes, but they seem distant and harmless. Scythe, the rise of Fenris, the conclusion to the Scythe expansion trilogy, enables two different options for any player count, one to five if you have Scythe, one to seven if you have invaders from afar. The first bullet point here says Campaign. Eight games. Eight games in a campaign. The story of Scythe continues and concludes with an eight-episode campaign. While the campaign includes surprises, unlocks, and persistent elements, it is fully resettable and replayable. That's amazing. That means that we can do the same campaign over and over again. Eventually, you must be able to discover everything there is to discover, but resettable means that there's probably no true legacy Components meaning you're not tearing up cards or putting stickers over anything. The next bullet point says modular. There's 11 modules. Now there's not a lot here of this, but listen to this. Instead of or after that campaign, the new modules in the Rise of Fenris can be used in various combinations to cater to player preferences. These modules are fully compatible with all Scythe expansions. It goes on to say at the end that while the exact nature of the episodes and modules will remain a mystery, some of these components are in secret tuck boxes, the components in this expansion include a detailed episodic guidebook, 13 plastic miniatures, 62 wooden tokens, 2 custom dice, 5 tiles, and 100 plus cardboard tokens. Scythe made my top 10 new to me this year list, and I can't wait to see what's in store for us with this expansion. Jamie, if you're listening... How about sending Tatooine Table Flip a review copy? Rise of Fenris is due quarter three of this year, you guys. The Gale Force 9 game Doctor Who Time of the Daleks has landed, and let me tell you folks, it is a fantastic game. If you've listened or watched Tatooine Table Flip before, you've likely heard me go on about my love for the game Elder Sign. Some folks categorize the game as Yahtzee with Cthulhu, and while it shares certain aspects with Yahtzee, it goes much deeper than that. If you're not familiar with Elder Sign, it's a dice placement game wherein you and your friends play investigators working to stop the awakening of an ancient being who will destroy us all. Time of the Daleks plays a lot like Elder Sign with quite a bit more dice manipulation thrown in and a pretty decent race mechanism that determines the winner. It also has a pretty good kind of take that mechanism that the game itself foists on the players. It's semi-co-op meaning that while we're not all strictly working together, we don't want the Daleks to win. My understanding is that the game was uh, to originally have six of the Doctors included, but that the BBC asked to have it scaled back to four for pricing reasons. This means there's at least two more Doctors coming in expansions, and the rulebook itself speaks to new Doctors and companions, such as Captain Jack, coming soon. Now, Soon can be a relative term, as Gale Force 9 can be kind of slow getting their expansions out, and frankly there's enough game in the box as it is, but I'm champing at the bit for more already. Another title I'm kind of interested in is Boof Bowl, a two-player game in which each player uses teams of five Crossmaster-compatible miniatures and supplemental cards to score touchdowns and beat on the opposing players. That game is due out in March of 2018, and I'll bring more info the closer we get to release. As a teaser for 2018, IDW Games posted a pic on Facebook that showed a shelf full of various games. Of special note is one called X-Files Conspiracy Theory, Everything is Connected. The second title in the Everything is Connected series by Matt Fantastic, after Dirk Gently's holistic detective agency, Everything is Connected. How cool is it that we can have Mulder and Scully running about the Dirk gently Fantasy Flight Games have announced the newest pack for the Star Wars LCG, titled Swayed by the Dark Side. Don't let the title fool you, as it seemingly has a huge focus on the Ewoks. I know, I know, but as I'm looking at some of the cards, it occurred to me that an Ewok-only deck might just be a viable thing now, even a pretty brutal thing. I played the game since its, its initial release, and have always found it to be fun, if not sometimes just punishing and frustrating. But I lost interest over time. I think I may be losing my love for card games just a smidge in general. But I tell you what, though, this has strangely piqued my interest and had me wanting to pick this new pack up just to check it out. Coupled with a slight interest one of my friends has shown in the game, I think this might breathe new life into the Star Wars LCG for me, even if only temporarily. (sighs) Wow, that's a lot of good stuff. How about we... Move on to the games that I've played this week. I picked up a cheap copy of Niroshima Hex, something I'd ignored because at first glance it seemed like more of a chess game than anything I'm interested in. But the game comes highly recommended by a friend of mine, and the price was too good to pass up. Reading the rules had me very excited to try it out, though, as it turned out to be not quite what I thought. It's the 3.0 version, which includes the Fifth Army and the solo play puzzle cards. I've run a few of the puzzles and find this mode to be quite tiresome. It's a lot of setup for just a few minutes of play, and I didn't really enjoy it that much. However, I really dig the tactical chess feel the game proper evokes, and I'm guessing the game is much more satisfying at the two-player count, so I can't wait to sit down with my pal and give it a shot. I also picked up Doctor Who Time of the Daleks, as I'd mentioned before, and this game just hits the right spot for me. It plays, as I also mentioned before, like Elder Sign, but it's not quite as frustrating as that game can be. I've played it mostly solo and have, in the absence of an official FAQ, found a few cracks in the rules, I think, that kind of breaks the game. On the other hand, I've also suffered some of the most brutal losses to this game that I've ever encountered in board gaming. Oof. I finally had a chance to run through the A Prophecy of Dragons expansion module for Time Stories, And all I can say is, wow, I'm really not much of a role-playing guy, but if I could find an RPG that played the way this did, I'd likely be all in. I wrote a spoiler-free review over at BoardGamerBlues.com. Go check it out if you're so inclined. It's my first new written content over there of the year. I've played a lot of Fallout over the last week, including introducing it to my friend who, at one point, gained the dog companion with the unfortunate name of dog meat no real story spoiler here but at one point he chose to sacrifice the dog exclaiming and i quote i just sacrificed my dog to radiation jesus end quote oh boy (laughs) this same friend introduced me to boss monster and man what a neat game although it took me a few turns to realize that i needed to be baiting the heroes to my dungeon to kill them but by then i'd already lost oh well learning game right I also finally got to play Pixel Tactics and found it to be an enjoyable, light fighting game that would make a decent opener for game night. I'm not sure I actually like it enough to play it very often, but I had fun. I grabbed a copy of Above and Below, and after having a few games, I am now stupid in love with it. I completely misunderstood what kind of game it is, thinking it was some kind of a role playing thing when, in fact, it's a worker placement, sort of that has a narrative drive as you build up your village. There are some outstanding encounters in that book, such as meeting a group of spiders all dressed in evening wear and having what seemed to be a tea party. Good stuff. This led to a conversation about games where the narrative isn't the focus but is included. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Write or tweet at me and tell me what your favorite game is that has a narrative component. I might even read some out on the show. I didn't actually get to properly play this next one, but I have gained, thanks to Katie of Katie's Game Corner, hi Katie, a new appreciation, if not actual like, for war games such as Command and Colors. A friend loaned me his copy of COC Ancients, and I read the rules, set it up, and ran a few test turns against my evil twin, quote unquote. I really need to get it to the table with a live human that's not me to get a real feel, but so far I like what it's about. Later, in the bottom of a box, I found a very old copy of Samurai I'd forgotten I'd had, so I pulled it out to give that a go as well. Apparently, I'd had a war game and hadn't really even remembered having it. This led me to realize that I also have the old bookshelf game based on Starship Troopers. And this led me to remember that I also have Assault on Hoth, a really cool old bookshelf-style Star Wars game. A really, really good Star Wars game even though I think those last two might be a bit lighter than the COC stuff. Still, war games, right? Huh, I really should get that Assault on Hoth to the table again. It was really one of my favorite games way back when, and in the mid-90s, I played it a lot. (sighs) Okay, now it's time for a segment I like to call Top 10 Whatever Games of All Time until next week. This week is the Top 10 New-To-Me Games of 2017, of all time until next week boy what a title at number 10 i have amun ray from tasty minstrel games now i'm not a fan of bidding games i find them frustrating at best however this one has the bid mechanic couched in plenty of solid gameplay and isn't really reliant on the bidding though some may dispute that so i don't mind it so much I wasn't aware that I could ever be a fan of the Egyptian theme, but I find it fits the gameplay well and I've had a lot of fun with the few games I've managed, and I think that's the most important thing. I'll have a proper review of this one up sometime this week, I think. At number 9 I have Joraku from Tasty Minstrel Games. Trick taking and worker placement? What? Frankly, this game could have carried any theme at all and I'd still love it, but since I'm kind of a Japanophile, the feudal Japan theme sits very well and meshes. I feel superbly with the mechanics. Add to that, it comes in a small box that's easily portable, and that it's fairly easy to teach, and I love it even more. Another one that I'll have a proper review up shortly in a special write-up I'm currently working on. Number eight is Torres from IDW Games. This was sent to me as part of a package of review games, and I found that while it isn't normally the type of game I go for. It's geared more for families, I think, than seasoned board gamers. I still enjoyed it quite a bit and will play it every chance I get. It's a simple sort of tactical game where you are rebuilding your kingdom to curry favor with the king as you stack plastic chunky bits in an effort to score points. Its mechanics are simple, but strategy is deep and super fun to play. Number seven I have By Order of the Queen from Junk Spirit Games. In the early days of Tatooine Table Flip, just about one short year ago, I was contacted by the designer of this game, David Gerard, and asked if I'd like to cover it before it went to Kickstarter. I fell instantly in love with the game, finding it to have both unique mechanics and some very inventive ways of utilizing some usual board game tropes. Also, turns out that it's one of the episodes of the show that I think is the best, and one of the episodes that I'm most proud of. The game gets a lot of love from anyone who plays it, which in my experience is rare, and I'm extremely happy to have been part of its hype. Seek it out everyone, you'll thank me later. At number 6 I have Doctor Who Time of the Daleks from Gale Force 9. I love pretty much anything Galeforce 9 has produced, with a particular love being the Firefly board game. Unfortunately it's a real estate hog, so I don't get it to the table too often. So when this new Doctor Who was announced, and appeared to be similar to Star Trek Ascendancy, I was very, very excited. Turns out it's closer to Elder Sign, one of my favorites, so easy to get to the table repeatedly without burning out. It hasn't fired Elder Sign, but I find I'm reaching for this one more and more, whereas before, I'd reach for Elder Sign. At number five, I have Arkham Horror the LCG from Fantasy Flight Games. I love Cthulhu, I love co-op games, and I have a deep love for card-driven games. Mash them together, and I may as well turn my paycheck over to you. This LCG model will be the death of me, and I've often joked that I am putting someone's kid at Fantasy Flight through college. (laughs) Unfortunately, I've had to cut two or three out, as I haven't been able to keep up. However, I've been on top of this one since the day it was announced, and have never regretted a single dime I've thrown at it. Despite my lack of time I'm able to devote to it, I'm hoping that this will change in 2018 and I can finally get to the other campaigns. At number 4 I have Scythe from Stonemeyer Games. A friend of mine introduced this game to me at a game group we both used to attend and since then I've managed a game here and there despite not owning a copy. I sort of felt that I could enjoy everyone else's copy enough that I didn't necessarily need to grab one for myself. But with the announcement of the newest expansion, and the fact that it can be ran solo against the automata, I think I'm finally going to have to break down and grab one. At number three, I have Yokohama from Tasty Minstrel Games. Turns out this was pretty much my first financial style worker placement, and I really, really dug it. I was intrigued by the Japan-flavored theme and how easily the game scales to the amount of players, something we don't see too fleshed out very well in a lot of games. It's an interesting puzzle at times and presents some challenging and rewarding choices i foresee it getting a lot of play this year at number two i have above and below from red raven games i talked a bit about this a few minutes ago so i won't get too deep here but this is exactly the type of game that i didn't know i needed in my collection and now i want to seek out other similar games with a narrative bent i have just loved Every game I've played of this one. I highly recommend you pick it up. At number one, I have Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea from Gamelin Games. I've gone on and on about this one in past episodes, so I won't go crazy about this one here either. But you guys, I'm telling you, when this thing lands at retail, run out and grab a copy as soon as you possibly can. I've only had limited access to an advanced copy, but if I had a copy here, I'd likely sit down and figure out some kind of automata rules so i could play the damn thing all the time it really is simply a wonderful game now i have an honorable mention this time around and that is star wars imperial assault from ffg i was a card flopper then i was a minis player now i am a board gamer I backed off the minis gaming primarily because there is no true, actual way to guarantee that your friend isn't goofing the measurement just a bit, either by accident or on purpose. However, drop minis on a map and that mitigates the issue nicely. This game does that and it's Star Wars, so how could it lose? I'll tell you how. Lack of interest. I simply do not understand how this game sort of failed in my area. so. While I've kept up with all releases since the first base set, I've actually had very few real games. Until the release of the app, that is. Now I can play alone whenever I like, and as a matter of fact, the game has seen more play since the app dropped than it did the whole time prior that I've owned it. This might sound like I'm cheating a bit here and it's not exactly new to me, but since the app dropped, it kind of feels like it is. Well... I think that'll do it for this week, you guys. This podcast is a companion piece to my YouTube board game show, Tatooine Table Flip, where I give reviews and unboxings of some really great games. The episodes are all ad-free, and if you like the show, please subscribe and share it around. I also invite you to become a producer of both this podcast and the review show by visiting my Patreon page located at patreon.com slash Tatooine Help us keep the lights on by supporting the shows with every bit of support feeding back into the programs, enabling me to bring you more and more content. Please head over to iTunes and leave us a review and or rating as it'll help folks find the show easier and I'd really appreciate it. Thanks. You can find Tattooing Table Flip, the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. You can find me online at boardgamerblues.com or on Twitter and Facebook at BoardGamerBlues. Or, if you like, email me directly at jimmie at boardgamerblues.com. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and I will see you next week. Bye!